Well, praise the Lord, saints of God. Praise ye the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another exciting episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we're still in a series entitled The Haves and the Have-Nots. This would be part number 10, and it is subtitled, Will the Real Christian Stand Up? That's right. Will the real Christian please stand up? You know, my friends, in the last days, the Lord Jesus tells us there will be wolves in sheep's clothing, and we need to be made aware of this. False prophets will arise and deceive many, and many that say that they are Christians really are not. And this is why we make the declaration, will the real Christians please stand up? So we're going to talk about that today and a whole lot more right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Don't forget to check us out on the web 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to hear from you. All right, without any further ado, here comes the message entitled, Will the Real Christians Please Stand Up? Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, uh, let's start today. Go ahead with me to the book of... Um, Matthew, Matthew 28. We're going to stop, start there. We stopped here on last time. And we are still in the series entitled The Haves and the Have-Nots. The Haves and the Have-Nots. Um, and this, I believe, is, is part number 10. Isn't that something? Amen. Part number 10, and I still do not see an end to it. Part number 10. We'll find out what, where we're going to title this after a while, but this is part number 10. Remember, we're looking at what it means to be a true Christian. What it means to be a biblical Christian. The subtitle of this series is A Return to Biblical Christianity. A Return to Biblical Christianity. Because the world has really gotten their fingers in this thing, and, and many that say that they are Christians are not. And the Bible says that in the last days, there will be false teachers will arise. There will be wolves in sheep's clothing. There will be that false church that will have a form of power, but denying the power thereof. There will, there will be some that will be like a mannequin. They'll have the outward appearance of it. But when they go home, they cuss it and fuss it and fight it. That's not real. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So it's a return to biblical Christianity, return to what the Bible says a Christian is. And we want to get our views, our mindset, our opinion straight from the scripture. Because let me tell you something, fakes or phonies will not make it into the kingdom of God. God knows, the Bible says, he knows clearly those that are his. So what we're doing, we're trying our best by the power of the spirit to align ourselves with what God says we should be um, in the world today. And I'm going to ask you, matter of fact, I'm going to start off by asking you uh, just some questions today as you've gotten Matthew 28. And uh, let me remind you again of the purpose of the church, the purpose of the church. Now, this you don't see. You don't hear about this. You don't see this in many places, especially you don't see it around some that call themselves Christians. Let me before I say that. Uh, how many of you had experience, have had experience with some that call themselves Christians and it was a very bad experience? Yeah. How many of you have heard, have had a very bad experience with those who call themselves preachers? Wow, look at the, look at the hands go up all around the place. 
that tells you that there are faults. Now, people are people and we're all going to make mistakes. Right. But when we live in the mistake, in that lies the problem. We're all going to fall. We're not going to walk through this life without falling. But when we fall, we don't just stay down there and roll around in it. We don't build a house in it and stay there. No, we dust ourselves off immediately and we get back up and we go on. Amen. All right. It is that false. And we're going to talk about it, that it is that false uh, that does not rise up, that does not repent, but that remains in. Let me ask you some questions. First of all, let me give you again the purpose of the church. I want to rehearse this with us as much as possible. The purpose of the church is to make disciples of believers, to make disciples of believers, or we could also say to make followers of Christ. Let me say that. The purpose of the church is to make um, disciples of Jesus, or we could say followers of Christ. That's the purpose of the church. Not to make a church member. The, that, that would be the false. Now, there's nothing wrong with becoming a member of, the, of a congregation or a church. Nothing wrong with it all, at all. But when that is all, when that is the only sole purpose, there's a problem. Because there's no way in Scripture where Jesus says you will gain entrance into heaven by being a member of so-and-so church. There's no way in Scripture... As a matter of fact, in today's modern day church, before you can join some assemblies, you have to be baptized into that assembly. Now, there's nothing wrong with being baptized, but I don't want to be baptized into a church. I want to be baptized into the body of Jesus Christ. Are you understand what we're saying? No, I know there are reasons why people do this, and I'm, I'm not telling you I'm knocking these things, but I'm looking at the purpose and the intent of these things. I want to have victory in this life, and that comes through Jesus Christ. And there have been so much intermingling, so much intermingling uh, with the body, with the world, and, and, as the, and as the modern day church, we have tried so desperately to get the world in, and then to do that, many have changed the message, many have changed the format, watered down the message, watered down everything so that people will be uh, so that the word would be more palatable and not offensive to those that are outside. Amen. But the gospel is confrontational. Are you hearing? The gospel is confrontational. Jesus was known, and we'll look at this in scripture, possibly Jesus was known as the friend of sinners. Praise God. But even though he walked among sinners, he ate with sinners and they were drawn to him. He still did not compromise. He did not make allowances for them. They were drawn by his love. They were drawn by his acceptance. But it was the religious of that day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, that ostracized and, and criticized the sinner and said, oh, you too bad. They, what they were saying in essence was go and clean yourself up. And once we see that you are clean, then you can come in the church. And isn't that what we think today, even in today's modern day church, where someone would say to you, I would come to church, but I'm still doing this. I would come, but I'm still doing that. What are they saying? Let me go clean myself up and then I'll come in relationship with Jesus. But how many of you know you cannot clean yourselves up? You can't do it. That's like someone that says, I won't go to the ER because I'm bleeding. 
I won't go to the emergency room because I'm, I'm hurting real bad. I'll wait till I feel better and then I'll go to the emergency room. Does that make any sense to you? It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Are you hearing? But again, the purpose of the church is to disciple followers or believers of Christ so that they may become, uh, become like Christ in the earth today. Every believer ought to be in the process right now of becoming like Christ. Every time we open those doors, every time we turn the air on, turn the sound system on and all these things, all of these things are used. Uh, these comfortable chairs, I hope you're comfortable, you're comfortable. Isn't that wonderful? Now we can meet under a tree somewhere. There's nothing wrong with meeting under a tree. But in the American church, I like to have some air myself. A little air, a little heat, things of that nature. I like to be comfortable and I'm glad you like to be comfortable as well. But all we really need is the word rightly divided. That is all we really need is the word rightly divided. And the purpose of every church goer is to become like Jesus is to become like Christ, okay? But again, there's a movement to just make members. Make a member, make everybody feel comfortable, water the message down, make sure everything is good. Don't preach too long, don't preach too loud, and for goodness sake, don't call it sin anymore, call it bad habit. If you haven't seen that, you're gonna continue, you're gonna see it. Don't be confrontational, but the gospel is confrontational. And really those, that, those whose goal is to make members are really out really for, them own, for their own selves, trying to fleece the congregation, trying to build their own kingdoms and not concerned about the souls of men. I'm concerned about your soul, where you will spend eternity and what happens with you when you go back home and you face your own Goliath or you face your own troubling situation. We can smile at each other and we're good. We're really good at putting on a mask and saying, I'm okay, I'm okay. But God knows you're not okay. And it's going to take the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to bring healing and deliverance to you where you hurt the most. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So it is the purpose of the church. It is the purpose of every born again believer to become like Christ. Say with me, I must become like Jesus. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, I measure every quote unquote preacher or church in the, by the image of Christ. How far are they or how close are they to the image of Jesus? Now again, we, we're not perfect. We're striving for perfection in Christ. But when I look at a ministry, when I look at a preacher, a teacher, I want to see Christ revealed in them. Remember what Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I tell you all, I've said it many times, the moment you cease to see Christ, pray for me first. But the moment you cease to see Christ, you are under no obligation to follow. Follow me as I follow Christ. Are you hearing? There should be something of Jesus that you can see in your leader. There should be something of Jesus that you can see in your, your pastor, your church leaders, and so forth and so on. Even among the congregation, we should be able to look at each other and see Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And to do that, we've got to be real. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's go on.
Again, our goal as Christians is to become like Christ. Uh, and church is one method by which the Holy Spirit uh, uses to disciple people, to disciple followers to become like Jesus. Now, here's some questions I want to ask you today. Can a person truly be saved in the biblical sense? Can a person truly be saved without forsaking all and following Christ? That's a, this, is a, this is a debated question in today's church. Can a person truly be saved without, in the biblical sense, not the world stuff, but it, can a person truly be saved without forsaking all for Christ? Well, let's look at, let's look at the answer. The answer is very plain. Let's go to the book of Luke. Luke 14, 20, uh, 33, or you can keep there in, in Matthew. It's up to you, or you can just make a note of it. Matthew, or rather uh, Luke 14, Verse 33, we'll find that answer there. Luke 14, 33, remember the question was, can a person truly be saved without forsaking all for Christ? Some say, well, yes, I don't have to really do exactly what Jesus says. Well, let's find out. Verse 33 says, so likewise, whosoever he be or she be of you that forsake not all that he have, he cannot be my disciple. So we come with, we're finding a lot of people that say I'm a disciple of Christ. I am saved. I am born again. I'm a follower of Jesus that are not forsaking all. Well, that's fine for us. But what does Jesus do? Does Jesus say, talk to the hand because I'm not listening? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? No. What he says has to be the prevailing truth. We have to go back to scripture. So many of those that claim to be saved, claim to be a Christian, a follower of Christ are not because they have not forsaken all. And now, does that mean that you need to go and sell all your stuff in the yard sale and give the money to the poor and go live in a box somewhere? Absolutely not. But what that does indicate is that you should not allow those things to have a higher place in your life than Christ. When the Lord comes to pull on you, can you release it? Is he, is Christ first? Does he have the preeminence in your life, in your home, in your finances, in your marriages, in your relationships? Remember the Lord said that uh, the first great commandment to us is to love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, soul, and strength, to love our neighbors as ourselves. The Father must be first. We have to love him with all. Now, if we're giving all of our love to him, how much love do we have left to share with everybody else. Think about that for a second. He said that you should love the Lord your God with all, all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, all that you are. He says all. Do I need to write that down? I'll write that down. There you go. Let me help you out. All. How much is left? I spelled it right. Praise Jesus, isn't it? Miracles are happening all over the place. Uh, you just had to be here, I'm telling you. With all, how, mu how much is left over if, if I give you all the money in my pocket? Who, who wants to have this now? All right, all right. Whoever the first one's up here, you can get it. All right, Connie Kelly's going to get it. If I give her all the money I have in my pockets currently. 
how much money do I have left? I have absolutely zero. Now she's richer. Praise Jesus. And if I actually had any money in those pockets, I would really be sad now. <laughs> he said, you'll love me with all. So how much is left to give to husband, to wife, to children, to grandchildren? How much do you have left? You have none. Well, where's the source of the love? How you could, because the Lord Jesus told us then, he said, love your neighbor as yourself. But I just gave all my love to the Lord. Where is that love coming from that I can give to them? It's coming from him. It's coming from God above. He sends it back down. We, if we are, let me draw. Pray. Oh, y'all gonna get a special treat today. You get to see me draw again. Here we go. There's you right there. There we go. There we go. We're happy. We're happy. We're happy. So we give all of our love to him. And then in turn, he gives let me change the arrow now. He gives us his kind of love that we can use to give this person and that person and so forth and so on. Right? How many of you would love you for your spouse to love you with God's kind of love? With God's love. Hallelujah. Human love. Oh, my God. Human love can love you right now, but when you do something wrong, it's gone. Human love is faulty. It is fickle. Uh, In the morning, they said, oh, Jesus is Lord. They said in in scripture, they said, oh, the king is coming. The great king is coming. Messiah is coming. And they threw palm leaves and palm branches in front of him. Oh, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. They loved him. But a little bit longer, a little bit further on down, uh, those that were crying Hosanna were also crying what? Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. My God. Today you love me and tomorrow you're saying crucify me. How fickle is that? But what does God's love do? God's love is never ending. It is never failing. It does not keep records of wrongs. How much of our human love keeps records of wrongs? I remember what you did. I remember what you did. God's love never fails. So that's what he wants to give us. But here is a thing, even in today's church, many would say, oh, I put my kids first. Hear me, parents. I put my kids first in everything. What are you doing? You are giving your children your human love. And guess what? Even the heart of a mother cannot handle but so much heartbreak. Amen. Because you weren't designed for that. Hallelujah. But if I have God's love for you, even when they require tough love, so to speak, you'll be able to give it and they are blessed. Are you hearing? All right. So the question was, again, can someone truly be saved without forsaking all for Christ? No, absolutely not. 
But here again, the world system says the today's, most of today's quote unquote Christians say you can be a believer without actually following Jesus. That's absolutely wrong. It is an impossibility. Let me ask you another question. Is it possible to believe in Christ without receiving him? Or to believe on him without actually receiving him? Oh, I'm glad I'm getting these answers. These are good. These are good. Is it possible to believe? To believe Jesus. To believe what he did. To believe who he is. Without actually receiving him. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you make that statement. So let's go. You can just listen if you would. If you got your Kindles or whatever, you can let your fingers fly. Let's go to the book of James. James, the second chapter. James, the second chapter. And uh, let's look at one verse, verse number 19. Is it possible to believe without actually receiving him? Good question, isn't it? Well, let's find out. James 2, verse Verse number 19, James 2, verse number 19 says this, Thou believest that there is one God. You believe in God? Great. Thou doest well. You do well. The devils also believe and tremble. Don't you know the devil believe in Jesus? Sure he does. The devil believe in God too. But does that mean that they are saved, that they are born of God? Absolutely not. So there'll be a lot of people that mentally assent that say, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he was a good man. They hung a good man on that cross. You know, I believe in Jesus. He's that little baby. Isn't isn't he that little baby in the manger at Christmas time? I don't know why he never grows up, but he's always right there. And that I believe in Jesus. He was a good philosopher. He was a good teacher. Some say he's a good prophet. I believe that Jesus existed and maybe even exists now but they've never received him. Are you hearing? There's a difference. Do you believe and have you also received him? Well, that's a big difference. We're going to get to that. Also, can a person be a disciple without following? No, the very, de- the very definition of a disciple is a follower of Christ. Once you give Jesus Christ your heart, your life, you then have to follow you then have to follow him, amen? So I pray that that is your prayer today beyond anything else, that you become like him. Say with me, I must become like him. Hallelujah. All right, let me give you just two other questions. Can Jesus really be the Lord of your life without submitting to him? Oh, that is absolutely correct. No. Uh, Luke six let let's look at that. Luke six forty six. let me get it for you. Luke 6 and 46. I've already got it. My fingers are fast. Luke 6, 46 says, And why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Is it possible that Jesus would be Lord without us submitting to him? Absolutely not. No way, no way, no how. Can we live in denial of Christ and then after we die, God accept us? Absolutely not. Another good question. Matthew 10, And that says simply this. The Lord said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. 
Are you hearing? All right. Very sobering words. Now, Matthew 28, Matthew 28, um, verse number 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He told the disciples, now here again, who are disciples? Who are modern day disciples? The followers of Christ. The followers of Christ. So disciple, okay, let me, y'all got this drawing here? Did you take your pictures? I know y'all just love to put my pictures, my artwork on Facebook. I just know you just love it. All right, here we go. All right. What was the question I asked? I forgot. That's right. That's right. Our disciples, okay, we say modern day, we say modern day Christians, uh, modern day Christians equal, a Christian equals to a follower, oh, there we go, a follower, right, follower, follower of Christ equals to a born again, born again, Believer, B-L-V, all right, equals to, I can spell believer, but I'm trying. <clears throat> Sometimes they got to see to believe. I before E except after C. A born again believer. Somebody ought to be clapping. D-I-S-C-I-P-L. E. Did I get that one right? Well, praise Jesus. I'm telling you. A Christian equals to a follower of Christ, a born again believer equals to a disciple. All of these are one and the same, should be all one and the same. Are you hearing me? The Bible does not separate these, it's all one. So if you are a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, then you are a follower of Christ. You are a believer. We can also put one more up here. We can also put disciple equals to someone. We, we use this word a lot. Anybody? Saved. Are you saved? And I ask that question for, are you saved? Are you saved? All of these terms should be the same. Every Christian should be a follower of Christ. Every Christian should be a born again believer. Every Christian should be a disciple. Every Christian should be saved. Does that make sense? All right. Now, if we are in fact Christians, let's go back to um, uh, Matthew 28 and we're beginning to close out. If we are in fact Christians or the followers or followers of Christ, then we have to know that Matthew 28 is talking about us and talking to us. Not just to the preacher somewhere. He's talking to us individually. Amen. 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 And what does it say? Matthew 28, 18, it says again, verse 19, go ye therefore uh, and teach and teach. The word teach there in the Greek means to make disciples. Go somewhere, go into all the world and make disciples, disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. All right. Verse 20 teaching them 
to observe all things I have commanded you. All right, so the, the second teaching there, verse 20, does actually mean to teach as we know it, to impart knowledge, which means that every born again believer, every Christian, every saint, we can use the word saint of the most high God, should be able to, anybody get it? Oh, I love it. Y'all are real listening today. Should be able to teach. Oh my, really? Yes. I did not say with a microphone standing in front of a congregation. But you should be able to impart knowledge to someone else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are a lot of people that have been in church for years and can't. Praise Jesus. Let's go to Hebrews 5 as we begin to close. Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5, verse 11 through 14. Now, what are we doing today? What are we doing at this very moment? We are making disciples. We're training followers of Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? So there is a press on, and you'll hear this today, in the churches, the true churches of Jesus Christ, there is a press on to make the people into disciples, true followers of Christ. And there is a line as we're moving closer and closer and closer to the return of the Lord, the line between light and dark will become more visible and more readily seen. Most of us see in today's world that they are shades of gray. I don't know anything about the book, I'm just telling you. Are you hearing? But there, are no, there is no gray area. It's either you're in or you're out. Who can I get to illustrate that point? James, would you come please? He's gonna illustrate the kingdom of God. Watch what he's about to do. He's about to do something fantastic. He's about, I'm telling you, he's about to do it. He's about to illustrate. All right, Jane, would you walk over to that door, please? Now, currently, he is in the building. Would you please walk outside? Now, James is outside the building. Okay, please come back inside now. It's cold out there. <laughs> Give him a hand, would you? What a very good actor. This is what it really means to be saved, called of God, born again, a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ, um, a Christian. Now, some say that you can hang in the door one foot in and one foot out and shake it all about and do the, and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Right foot. Y'all know about the hokey pokey, don't you? Come on, wave at me if you know about the hokey pokey. All right, well, praise the Lord. We kind of get off like that sometime, but, but some people think they can put one foot in and one foot out and that they'll still be acceptable. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. They call themselves a lukewarm Christian. 
I'm not really hot on fire for the Lord, and I'm not really cold either. I'm just right here in between. I'm just in the doorway, blocking everybody else from coming in. I'm just in the doorway. Well, what does Jesus say about people in the doorway? We read that in, uh, in the book of Revelation, right? Jesus said, you're neither hot nor cold. Because you're neither hot nor cold, I will what? Spew you out of my mouth. I will vomit you out of my mouth. He said, I will reject you. So there's no such thing as a shade of gray. No such thing as a middle area. You either in it or you're out of it. You're either in Christ or you're outside of Christ. You're either born again, that is born the second time or twice born. We'll get to that one day. Or you're once born, just born of the mother's womb. But it's very clear the Lord Jesus told Nicodemus in uh, John the third chapter, you must be born again. That single birth from your mother's womb will not ensure your entrance into the kingdom of God. You've got to be born of the spirit, born of the water. You've got to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Not only believe, but also receive him. Then the Lord said, you are in. So the question is today, are you in or are you out? But here's the problem. For some reason, we like to masquerade in front of people and talk about how holy we are. Who we like to carry the big cross and the big Bible. Who I'm holy. Who I'm holy. Amen. And we like to put on the facial expressions. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Woo! Praise Jesus. Woo! But you're saying a lot, but you're out. That won't help you. Are you hearing? Amen. Jesus said there are people that will, will stay standing and they will pray long prayers that they may be seen of men. They'll give a whole lot of money so that people will see how holy they are. Amen. He said that doesn't do anything for you. Amen. It's hard work being a hypocrite. You got to put this face on when you're here, take it off when you go home, put the other face on. I mean, you got to decide your words. Am I going to curse around this group here? But somebody comes up, oh, 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 oh bless the Lord. How are you doing? And then blah, 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 curb, blah, blah. It's too much work. I guess I'm not going to call myself lazy, but I don't want to do that kind. Are you hearing? Got to be real, got to be real, got to be real, got to be real, got to be real. Let's close out. Hebrews 5, verse 11 through 14. I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Translation, and then we're going to close out for today. We've got more. I've got a whole lot more. But we're going to stop here for the day. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 5, verses 11 through 14. Listen to how this reads out of the New Living Translation. I love the way it puts it here. Now, we've been all, we've said all that to get right back around to this word here. The Lord tells us all to teach. Who's he talking to? Those that are inside or outside? Inside. You better believe it. Inside. Amen. Those that are really, that are real Christians. Amen. We ought to thank God that you are real, show enough Christian. Hallelujah. Thank God. All right. Hebrews 5, verse 11 through 14 says this. Uh, there is much more we could say, uh, there is much more we would uh, like to say about this, but it is difficult 
to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Ooh, sounds like a rebuke to me. Let's go to verse number 12. You have been believers. Oh, I love this. Let me slow down. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basics or the, the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So hearing the word of God, how can someone hear the word of God on a continual basis and not grow? They're dull of hearing. I heard it, walk out the door, what was said? I don't know, we just, we just had to find out. We did the hokey pokey and everything. That's it. No, did you hear it? Did you receive it? Are you taking it in? Are you hearing? Not just being exposed to truth, you've got to eat the truth. You've got to consume the word of God. Are you hearing? Are you hearing? Praise the Lord. All right. So it all goes back to this. We are becoming like Jesus and our, and our aim is to be become more mature in Christ, to grow. We will look at a child, if someone, a three-year-old, 10 years from now, that child should be 13. I was looking for the age, so praise the Lord. He should definitely be taller. You're right, Connie, you're right, you're right, you're right. Should be taller. We'll get it. So, but we look at a child and we think 10 years later, we should see some changes. We should see some changes. Should be some differences physically, emotionally, mentally. There should be some changes between a, a three-year-old and a 13-year-old. But at the same time, we've been in church for how long? It's terrible to see a grown man or a grown woman with baby items and you're at the table and your wife says here you go here comes the train there's something wrong with that that was okay at that age that lower age but grown up you ought to be able to eat them Brussels sprouts now put some hot sauce on them or something that's it. Give God a hand of praise. We're done. We'll stop right there for today in Jesus' name. Come on. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. 
Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.